Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Luke chapter 22, verses 19 to 20. Luke chapter 22. So thankful. So thankful for today. This is the day the Lord has made. You've made this day today, God. We're going to be rejoiced and be glad in this day. Someone say today, Lord. Say do it today, God. Do it today. Are you there? All right, if you're there, say I'm waiting on you. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he took the cup after supper, saying, This is the cup of the new test, new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. But you are those who have continued with me in my trials. You are the people, you disciples are the ones who continue with me. And I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my father bestowed upon me. So in other words, Jesus looked at them and said, because you have stayed with me and been faithful to me through the good times and the bad times, I'm going to give you something. And I'm going to bestow, in other words, I'm going to place upon you, give you a kingdom. I want you to know that every time you go through something in your life and you stay faithful to God, that there is a reward. There is a reward. And I'm going to tell you, the anointing, most of us, if you've never heard of that term, the anointing is when God empowers you to do and carry out the assignment he has for you in this world. Words, God's spirit rests upon you. And that anointing comes with the price. And many times trials are nothing more than the test to see if you can handle God's power. But God is anointed you. Say, I'm anointed. You are anointed. And the scripture says this. And I bestow upon you the kingdom, just as my father bestowed upon me that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. So that's a spiritual connotation. That's a spiritual analogy saying that just like you're sitting at this table, you're going to sit in my table in the kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. That means that you're going to sit in a place of authority over the church. And the Lord said to Simon, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you. And he said, that he may sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, so he prayed and he said, I prayed for your faith that you fail. But guess what, Simon? You are going to fail. Isn't that kind of a, a, a worrisome prophecy? Isn't that kind of a, a shocker if God told you, I prayed for your faith. You're going to fall down. You're going to mess up big, but that's okay. The good news was is that he came back and he told him, And when you return to me, he says, I know you're going to get back up. First of all, God would never allow us to fall if he wasn't going to ensure that he was going to help us back up. God doesn't make us fall. God knows when we're going to fall, but he helps us get back up. And he told Peter, when you get back up, it's going to be faith that's going to get you up. But when you do, strengthen your brethren. In other words, teach them how you got up. Teach them how you got up. And he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. And he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall crow this day before you will deny me three times that you deny me three times that you even know me. And he said to him, and he said to them, when I sent you out without a money bag, a knapsack and sandals, did you like anything? He goes over, completely changes the subject, really stays on the same subject, but goes from a different point of view. And he says to Peter, in essence, and to everyone else, listen, I appreciate that, Peter. 
but before the day ends, you're going to deny me. And it's just going to happen. And he turned to everyone and he said, listen, when I sent you out, you didn't take anything with you. You, you didn't take a knapsack. You didn't take sandals. You didn't take anything else. Did you like anything? And so they said to him, nothing, Lord. We didn't like for anything. You provided all of our needs. He then said to them, but now he who has a money bag, let him take it. And likewise, a knapsack, let him take it as well. And he has no sword. Let him sell his garments and buy one for protection. Go ahead. Because you've learned your lesson now. And this all ties in together. The whole point he was trying to make to them was this. If you learn how to survive without those things, you'll learn how to survive with them. And most people don't keep the faith when they have all that they need and God has blessed them. Their survival mode. It is, it is more likely that people, in, in, in the studies that we have done, according to Barna, the Barna Institute as well, it's a fact that people's faith in God doesn't drop when they don't have what they need, but it drops when God gives them what they need. And that's not going to be us. During this fasting season and this, this sermon series called Transformed, there's one thing I pray and that we all pray that will happen for you, that your faith would be transformed and that you would learn how to do without and learn how to be dependent on him and that that faith would remain inside of you. And after the fasting is done, you will have challenges. If you don't have them now, you will have them. Things will come. But let me encourage every single one of you, Though a righteous man falls seven times, the Lord picks him up every single time. David said, rejoice not against me, O my enemies. When I fall, I what? Shall arise. God is there by your side, and God wants your faith to be touched today. We're talking about faith today. Can you bless the service now? Come on, bless it today. Bless it today. Pray for me that God would anoint me. Come on, ask the Lord. Give me something, God, I can take home and apply in my life. Give me something and deposit an anointing, God, into this church. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this service. We thank you, dear God, for blessing today's meal. We bless your name and thank you above all things ahead of time for the good things in life that you have for us. That your kingdom, God, that you're putting on us today in Jesus' name. And yea, God, that's inside of us. In your precious name, amen. Come on, give God some praise in this house. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Turn around to somebody and tell them, look at them and tell them, hey, God's given you something on the inside that's more valuable than your house and your car. And you can be seated today. God's given you something good on the inside. Thank you, Jesus. There is, sometimes it takes years, years for us to realize how faithful God is, how faithful he is and how much and what he's done for us. And there's sometimes, listen, can, can, you, can you be honest and honestly, don't raise your hand, but just think about this for a moment. Can you honestly say that looking back, there are some things that God has done in your life that you really weren't aware of until after the fact. Sometimes we don't know what God is doing until after the fact. Sometimes we look at problems and troubles and struggles and we don't realize, hold on a second, I don't know how I got through that, but I got through that. Looking back, you say, boy, it had to have been God. It had to have been God. If it wasn't for the Lord who was on our side, God is so good. And so that's why they say hindsight is 2020, right? Looking back, you see clearer. You understand it. You know. And so I look back on my life and I realized throughout, the, throughout all of the years of living for God and even before, even before, and this is so, so 
good of God and just how merciful he is. Looking back on my childhood, I can honestly tell you, and you can probably tell me, that looking back, you can actually see the hand of God in your life. You can see God's hand in your life and realize that God was there and God cared about you, even when you didn't really know him, but he knew you. And so God is so faithful, and I think it takes us years sometimes. Not everyone, but most of us, it takes us years to realize that God was there. And when God ministered to his disciples and God began to discipline them, and not in a bad way, but that's what he did by teaching them, encouraging them, helping them understand the, the ways of the kingdom, and he wanted them to be successful. He really wanted them to understand what he, what he understood, and he wanted to convey that message and he had to train them, help them understand. So he sits at the table, and he begins to talk to them, and he begins to share this with them at the Last Supper. In the context of the scripture I just read you, it's really based on their, their last words and assignment before Jesus was actually taken by the high priest's servants and the guards and taken into captivity and custody. And this is the last moment Jesus was going to spend with them a while before the crucifixion, he would see them again after three days and three nights. And he would spend 40 days and 40 nights with them. But to help them get through the trial, to help them get through that moment, he literally told them, you're going to fail. You're going to make mistakes. He said, but I want you to remember, you remember when I sent you out? You remember when I gave you an assignment and I asked you to do something and you didn't take anything with you? You weren't dependent upon anyone else or anything else, but your needs were met. Your needs were met. He said, do you remember that? And they all said, yes, we remember Remember, Lord, we didn't have a place to stay. If you look and study the scripture again within the context of that conversation, when he did send them out, when you go back to the moment, they, he also told them whenever you even go into a city, he said, don't worry about trying to find a hotel. There's going to be someone that's going to open their house for you. And just walk in and bless the home when you're received. And if you're received, walk in and, walk in and bless it. And, but, but if a city rejects you, if a city rejects you, then, then listen, don't cry over it. Don't make a big deal about it. Just wipe the dust off of your legs and just move away and just, they missed their blessing. But you, you don't make a big deal about it because not everybody's going to accept you. Not everybody's going to believe you. Not everybody's going to want you. And that's just the way life is. That's just the way things are. So he prepared them. He prepared them to understand that you can't have faith in men. You can't have faith in things. You can't depend on anyone else or any season or circumstance. Ultimately, you're going to have to learn to trust me. Ultimately, you're going to have to learn how to believe in me. And there are some things that you'll go through. You're not just called, but you're chosen. Called people, called people can, they've got options. Everyone's called, but few are chosen. Do you know I believe with all of my heart that all of you are chosen today because you accepted the call? You accepted the call and you allowed God to choose you. And that's why the scripture says that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. But called people have options. They can accept the call. They can deny the call. They can walk with the call or they can walk away from the call. And, and then when you decide to walk into the call and live for God and do the right things and follow after his word and his righteousness, then, then you've now decided that you're chosen and that you are called to be God, not only called, but you are chosen. And chosen people, are you ready? Chosen people 
people that belong to Jesus, people that have been bought with his blood, people that have received his spirit and are destined for heaven and eternity, people that have his name. Is there anybody here like that today? Well, let me ask you this. Has God saved you? Has God blessed you? Has God forgiven you? Has God done something for you that you can honestly say that he is my Lord and he is my Savior? He is the Lord of all that I have. I own nothing. It all belongs to him. That's, I can get so much, I can go so many different ways, but I'm going to stay right here. And then if you're chosen, that means that chosen people don't have options. Ah, snuck up on you. Chosen people don't have options. Chosen people have said, Jesus is the Lord of my life. I won't trust in horses. I'm not going to trust in chariots, but we're going to trust in the name of the Lord. Chosen people, chosen people look around and say, yeah, that looks good, looks great, but we're going to follow after Jesus. We're going to do what God wants us to do, right? We're going to do what God wants us to do. Those are hard decisions to make. Those are things that you have to weigh out in the balance. Life becomes simpler when you make Jesus the Lord of your life because all the options are done away with. And it's not that he makes you do anything. You choose just like you chose him. He puts something in you to choose the right way, to make the good decision, to choose a good life. It's the wisdom of God that's placed inside of you. And, and listen, it comes through a relationship. It doesn't just happen overnight, by the way. To anyone that's here that's got this idea that, that once you say yes to Jesus and make him the Lord of your life and get saved, that life becomes perfect. Um, let me discourage you. <laughs> then I'll encourage you. First of all, if you haven't said yes to Jesus and made him the Lord of your life, I mean, I mean you, you, know, you can say, okay, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. That's not the same thing. Okay, I'll go to church. That's not the same thing. Being in the church, sitting in a church does not make you a Christian. Neither does standing in garages make you a car, right? Putting a pen in your hand doesn't make you the best-selling author in the whole world either right? But there is something to this process called salvation. It's called surrender. And when we surrender, that means that we are now become an example in this world. And now we face life and and, and life isn't going to conform to the goodness of God into your life until you have learned how to release what God has put inside of you. So you'll still have challenges. You'll still have difficulties. You will still have battles and run into people that are going to be stubborn in your life, and you're still going to have haters, and you're still going to have people that are backbiting and still have people that are upset with you, but you're going to have a God who's going to give you a love on the inside and a mercy and a grace on the inside and an understanding and a wisdom, and he's going to protect you from all of that, and nothing can come against you and the love of God in your life. If only you choose to, you only allow, it's up to you. If something comes and stops you, it's because you have allowed it. But God gives you fortified grace and favor to protect you from all these things. So you, that means this. In other words, that means that you'll go through the waters, but you won't drown. You'll go through the fires, but you won't burn. You'll leap over a wall, and, and, you, and you'll jump over a wall and, and press through a troop, and you won't be hurt. You're going to come out on the other side. There's going to be a Goliath, but guess what? It's not going to take much to knock it down because God is on your side. That means that greater is he that's inside of you or greater is he that he loves you so much that nothing, nothing can come against the will of God for your life. Nothing can stop the goodness of God in your life. Greater is he that's in you than him that's in the world. Greater. Someone say greater. He's greater than that. He's greater than that, but you learn how to have a tenacity. You learn how to be consistent. You learn how to get back up when you've been knocked down. Stop 
being so hard on yourself. Stop. God told Peter, you're going to fail. Peter, you will fail. You're going to, poor Peter, pobrecito Peter. <laughs> poor guy. Poor guy, right? He told him, don't take a, don't take a savings account. Don't take your corchas. Don't take your chanclas. He just, just <laughs> hit the road, Jack. To me, the sword was not the weapon. To me, the chancla was the weapon. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm asking God to reel me back in. Here we go. You're going to mess up, Peter. You will fail. You'll fall. When you failed, when you messed up, when you made a mistake, maybe you had a bad weekend, a bad week. Maybe you, maybe you started off midnight the wrong way for New Year's, whatever. Hello. But it doesn't matter how you start. It only matters how you finish. And, and, and can I tell you, you did not surprise God when you failed. Our God, listen to me, listen to me. Our God was not surprised when that relationship failed. God was not surprised when that job was lost. God was not surprised when you were betrayed. Oh, here's the hard part. Or you betrayed someone else. Well, we don't want to talk about that, right? But nothing surprises God. God doesn't blush. God, God doesn't get shy. God doesn't stray away. God is God Almighty. He is filled with faith and love and long-suffering. And whenever we mess up, we think, oh, God, Man, oh, God, I'm so stupid. <laughs> Hold on a second. Listen, just ask him for forgiveness, and it's done. It's done. And get a skip back in your step. Mira, skip back in your step. Get a skip back in your step and smile again because the Bible is true. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Stop walking around like a sinner. You're not a sinner. That contradicts theology. We're all sinners. Hold on a second. The Bible says when we've been forgiven, we've been called saints. If you want to live a sinner's life, go right ahead. And that doesn't mean you're trying to be righteous or self-righteous. That means that you're walking under the mercy and the blood of Jesus Christ in your life, and he's got you covered. He's got you covered. You're a child of God. You belong to him, and you ought to have that tenacity, and you need to be strong in your thinking and never give up and keep on seeking after him and not let the wind of hope get knocked out of you because you failed or you went through a problem or you went through a situation. That's what the Lord was trying to teach the disciples. No matter what the circumstances, you have to be diligent. You have to be diligent. Uh, Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. He is what? He's your rewarder. He's your strength. He is your blessing. He is the favor in your life. He is a mighty warrior. He is an encourager. He is the one that's going to take care of your bills. Hello, somebody. He's the one that's going to provide your needs. Come on, somebody. He's the one that's going to heal your body. Come on, somebody. He's the one. And he must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder to those who, what? Diligently seek him. You remember last week? Don't stop digging. Don't get discouraged because you lost the trail. Don't get discouraged because the blessing stopped all of a sudden. You're three feet away. You don't understand it, go to YouTube and watch the message from last week. 
you're three feet away to the biggest blessing in your life. But he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. The disciples were going to need strong faith. They were going to have to turn the world upside down for Jesus' sake. And this is what the scripture does say about them. They said, they've come, they've come, they've come to us. These are the ones who turned the world upside down. Read the book of Acts. That's what they said about the disciples. Why did they turn the world upside down? They couldn't do it without God. They had to first go to the one who turned the world right side up. You understand what I'm saying? Before this world was ever formed, God said, let there be, and there was, and he took a mess and chaos and brought order and brought creation in. That's why they were able to turn the world upside down is because they found a God who turned it right side up. Only God can do certain things in our life. Only God can do certain things. I don't fret over people that have stubborn spirits anymore. I don't fret over people who have pride anymore. I don't fret over people who don't like me anymore. I don't fret over people that don't want me to succeed anymore. I don't fret over devils that want me to fail. I don't fret over things when I see somebody else get blessed and I'm not. That doesn't bother me anymore because that's not my life. And, that's, and whatever somebody tries to impose on me, whether it be their will or their desire or their bitterness, it doesn't matter to me. I am protected by God with favor like a shield. Don't let it affect your attitude. Don't let it affect your spirit. I'm not calling anybody out. I have no ax to grind. I just simply know life, and I know what you go through, and I know that if I'm susceptible, then so are you, and I want to encourage you. Keep a smile on your face. Keep on whistling God's songs and keep on singing, whether you can sing or not. He didn't say it had to be perfect. He said make a joyful noise, right? So keep on singing God's praises and keep on listening to the right thing and taking the right advice because God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? Keep a right attitude. Keep a right spirit. And if you don't have any issues, then, hey, you've got the authority of God in your life to go to the next level. So don't let complacency be your enemy. Don't let complacency keep you in a place called stalemate. Don't allow your heart to become hardened because there's nothing going on and you're stuck in a routine. You feel like God's given up. God's not giving up on you. God promised he would bless you. And now that you've been blessed on this plane, God wants to take you to a new one. But you have to challenge yourself. You have to know that there's no end in sight. It's a continual process with God. We never stop growing. The apostles knew, they, hey, just because they had a great revival doesn't mean that life was over. Just because they had an answered prayer doesn't mean you, you know, you stop praying. Just because you got a great big blessing doesn't mean that that's all that God has for you, in other words. You understand what I'm talking about? It's great to be content with everything that you have, but God never said get satisfied with his moving in your life and his workings in your life. It's a continual process, and your faith has to grow. This is what happens to us in the church we get this mustard seed faith, and through this mustard seed faith, we begin to grow, and then we see the results, and we think, wow, that was fun. Now I know. Well, hold on. There's more where that came from, and that's not the end. The mustard seed is the smallest of all herbs, but becomes the largest one in the field. And there's so much more growth that God has for you. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I want to tell you, stop living off of leftovers. Stop living off of leftovers. Ten years, 20 years ago, maybe God did something great for you. But don't allow your faith to become stagnant and stay there and live and regurgitate that same experience. You know, when God supplied manna for them in the wilderness, he said, you better eat it that day because the next day is going to turn into worms. 
And in the prayer, when Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, he told them to pray this prayer, God, give us every day new bread. New bread every day. Give me something new every day to sustain my spiritual life. You can think he was talking about tortillas or bread. It doesn't matter to me. I take it as, God, not only my physical needs, but God, give me a new experience to grow on. Give me something new for my, 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 my spirit man. I need to grow. I need something every single day from you, God, an experience. Yes, God will converse with you every single day. How many of you have been praying during this fasting season? Isn't it wonderful to commune with God and to hear from God? And How many of you have had some prayers answered already from God this season? Raise your hand. Just look around. Just look around. Testify. Testify right now and just say, hey, God's doing it for me. God's answering my prayers. God's doing some things because you're positioning yourself and your fasting is decreasing yourself. And as you pray and talk to God, you're increasing in him. Growth. Someone say growth. We're meant to grow. We're meant to grow. The disciples were going through a tough time in their life in different segments of the scripture in the book of Acts. They were persecuted. They were thrown into jail. They were thrown into the, into the court systems and were falsely accused. But how many times did we see them in unpredictable circumstances begin to sing to the Lord at midnight? How many times did we see God send an angel to them to deliver them and bring them out of their circumstances? Why? Because they weren't trusting in the, just in the judicial system of their day. They were trusting in the system called the kingdom of God, and God was their judge, and God was their provider, and God was their protector, and God was going to be the one who gave them the last say-so. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you got to have faith in God. you got to believe God. Let me give you an encouraging word. Hebrews 13 and 5 says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things that you have. Or in other words, stop looking around at everybody else and saying, why are they blessed and I'm not? Because God has a plan for you. And don't worry, be encouraged. If God did it for them, he can do it for you. And it's just it's going to happen, but you're going through another process. You're not going through the same process as everyone else. Listen, Daniel and Joseph and Moses and Abraham and everyone else in the Scripture, from David all the way down to Joseph and Mary, all of them had different trials, but every one of them had the end result and the same outcome. Every one of them. Did you know we all have the same reward? We're all going to end up in the same place. We are all going to walk on streets of gold. What you got hanging from your ears, around your neck, and around your wrist, listen, it's going to become pavement where we're going. It's going to be pavement. I don't know if anybody has pearls or the real thing, but I do know that it's going to be the gate that we walk through when we get there. I don't know what the brick and mortar is over there. It could be diamonds and it could be pearls too. But you know what I do know? All I do know is that it doesn't compare to nothing that we have over here on this side. I'm telling you, God is so good. We ought to praise him ahead of time for what we're fixing to have in heaven one day. You know, we ought to. We really should. We should thank him right now. Father, thank you for the reward. Thank you, God. All that we go through now, all that we see now, is it nothing compared to what we're going to have for eternity, God? There is nothing, God, that comes close. Nothing. And so he concludes this scripture, and he says it right here in verse 5. Be content with the things that you've got. In other words, what you have is what you have, and God's going to bless you. It doesn't mean that God won't give you more. But learn how to be thankful with what you have. For he said, for he himself said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Here's a valuable key in living for God. No matter what, keep the faith. Keep the faith. 
if you have faith in men, I'm going to be honest with you. Let me be transparent. If you have faith in me, I'm, that's so shallow. Listen, I'm a human being just like you. I, I, I do believe God's put an anointing in my life to help us lead us and guide us and direct us. And it doesn't happen unless I follow Christ, okay? But I'm a, now some of you are starting to pierce me and look, what in the world? Hmm. What you doing, Pastor? Get by soul. No one's perfect. God didn't call us to trust in men. God called us to trust in him. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So if someone isn't following Christ, then you shouldn't follow them, right? Right. And that's the way it is. Because without him, we're nothing. Now, Peter may have made some mistakes. That doesn't mean that we don't make mistakes. What it means is, is that if you stop getting back up, then you just disqualify yourself. You disqualify yourself if you don't get back up. There's a faith that God's put inside of you that's relentless, folks. There's a faith inside of you that is relentless. The same Peter that denied Christ is the same one that walked on water. The same Peter that denied Christ was the same, the, some, the someone that actually took the sword of the high priest's servant and cut off his ear and tried to fight for the Lord in the Garden of Eden. With all that tenacity, with all that boastfulness and all that he had, well, I've learned that an emotional moment is not going to get you through a trial. I've seen the videos of firewalkers. Have you ever seen a video of firewalkers? They walk over hot coals. You ever seen what they do right before they do that? It's the funniest thing, but it works. I tried it. It didn't work for me, but it... <laughs> I don't know how they do But anyhow, I did try it one time. It hurt like heck, but I don't They get all excited. They get all reared up. They start, rah, rah, I can do it. Ha, 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 ha. Here I go, here I go. Yeah! And they say all the emotion or whatever kind of gets you down and press that energy down. It kind of creates a barrier, whatever. I don't know what that's all about. I know one thing. It's not going to help you when you walk through a fiery trial. You can get all emotional if you want to, but it's not going to do anything but hurt the situation. Because you need a peace that passes all understanding. You need a spirit that's connected to the Holy Spirit. You need the Word of God up here in your brain. And you need to open up your faith so God can give you his faith. And then he said, you'll walk to the fire and not get burned. Some of you don't even know this. Some of you may not even realize this. You don't even know how you got through that trial. 2018 may have been a tough year for you. 2018 may have been filled with the fire pit and you had to walk around. But guess what? You're not burned. Everything's okay. You look good. You're still here. You made it through. You're, you're a fire worker. You're, you're, you want to know why? Because you have a God on the inside that said, hey, I'm a consumer of fire. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, they were cast into the fiery furnace. But the scripture says they never got burned, but what was holding them down got off of them and released. What we really need is a trial in our life sometimes just to get the things that have us bound off of us. Because God said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. When you go through something, I'm going to go through it with you. If you're going through a trial right now, I'm not saying hope a trial comes your way, but I'm saying don't be afraid of it when it does. Don't live in fear. What if this happens? What if it does? God gets a chance to show off. A trial is coming. A storm is coming. Woo-hoo. 
You know what that means? That means that God's going to be a shelter for us. That means that God is going to rise up inside of us. That means that we have to open up our spirit so God can be God in our life. That doesn't scare me. It doesn't worry me. All it tells me is we're fixing to be blessed. We're fixing to go through an awesome time in our life. You know, Hurricane Harvey, when it came through here, we thought, oh, man, that, nah, right? Nah. When you don't have words. When Hurricane Harvey came, we felt the Lord speak to us prior to that and say, start a building, start a, a, a campaign to buy land. The Lord spoke to us and said, it's time to buy land. We said, I don't know how, we don't know how this is going to happen. But when God speaks it, you better obey it, whether it looks like it or not. So we did the best we could, and we tried to figure out, you know what? I don't know how this is going to happen, but we're going to do it. So we started it. People looked at us like, oh, my God, Pastor, we can't afford to do that. Of course you can't, but God can, Right? We started with four people in our home, folks, when we started this church, and now look around here now. Four people, four people in the living room from about right here to about right here, I think. Now, the four people wasn't including my family, so there was like, I don't know, maybe nine of us eight of us, but we started with four people. And God said, okay, now start the church. And I was like, okay, awesome. Where are we going to start it, God? He goes, go to your living room. Ah. <laughs> Pastor friends are like, hey, man, congratulations. I heard you started a church. Where are you at? In my living room. Where do you live? Not very big, man. We don't have, well, no, we don't have church this Wednesday. <laughs> Humble beginnings. Um, we didn't know how we were going to do it. The storm came. When the storm came, People's income went down because their houses were destroyed and roofs collapsing and water damage and people were hungry. So our, we partnered with our good friends. I thank God for if, for Rob and Kate. I, I probably shouldn't call names, but I thank God for people that are in part of leadership that love and believe in this church and the community. And we partnered with them at the food bank and they blessed us and we were able to feed over 10,000 people in this church. Watch this. We stopped putting our faith in how we were going to do it and started focusing on God's business. And the issue at hand was there were people with needs bigger than ours, and we focused on people's needs because we had faith in God, and we knew that that stuff wasn't important. What's more important is taking care of people and all of you, some of you volunteered and you worked and we had lines all the way from the church here all the way down to Mockingbird. Police officers would come every single day that we had the outreach and they would tell us. They'd say, you know, you can't be doing that. Cars are barked, parked up back all the way. Finally, we got them to help us and participate because they saw us doing something good. And, and then we, did, we just didn't focus on anything else but helping people. We didn't help a lot that we were actually able to stay here, but we let them sleep in here as well that needed it. We had couches. We had mattresses, and we just cleared out the area. And, and, and guess what? The church finances was going down because we had people sleeping in the church. People couldn't come to church. We had no electricity, I think, at some point. We didn't know what to do. I said, wow, this is a great way to start off a campaign. What a great way to start a campaign off. No church. No one's giving. No one's given their part they can't afford to because they're taking care of their houses. That's reality. They're taking care of their families. That's just the way it is. But then someone heard about what we were going through. 
some of our networks and our relationships. For those of you that are new here, I want you to know that we just didn't start a church and set up shop for ourselves. We, had, we have pastors. We have people that are, that are solid with God and love God and our networks that we've got. And they heard about what we were doing. And a billionaire from up north said, you know what? That's awesome. We want to help them. They heard about our property and all that was going through. So within that short period of time, God blessed us with nearly $125,000 to do it all, buy the property. Take care of our bills. What did we do special? We kept the faith and stayed focused on what was important to God, not to us. How many of you like to cook? How many of you love to cook? I, um, I'm not a very good cook because I don't know too many recipes. <laughs> but I can cook some migas, I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> Based on what you know and what you know to cook is what you need. And many times when you have needs in your life or desires, you need a measure of faith. Did you know the Bible says we have a measure of of faith that God has given to every person? How many of you know that? We have a measure of faith. You know what that word measure means? You want to know what that word measure means? That word measure actually means, it means a device that can be used to measure and to hold by increments of measurement. So when God says he's given us all the measure of faith, what he's literally saying, what the scripture is actually telling us, that God has given all of us a cup. A cup for measurement. Did you know that your spirit was meant to be inhabited? Did you know that your faith was meant to catch faith? And a lot of times what we face in life is, is we face challenges the only point I'm going to give you, and this is, we're almost closing, but it's kind of different today. I, I feel like I was following the Spirit and saying some things, and, but I want to get back on track and tell you that, number one, what or who you trust will be your help? What or whoever you trust will be your help? In other words, there are things that you have to see happen are things that God has assigned for you to, to do in your life. And there requires a recipe, and the recipe is very simple. It's called faith, hope, and love. God requires the measure of faith. That's all you need to get things done, to see things happen. Faith. Sometimes it takes time for us to realize, hold on a second, God does care. God is there. God wants to do something. And we think we don't have faith. That's not true. You all have faith. You all have a measuring cup. The problem is you haven't gone to God for what you need. You've gone to your neighbor. You ever borrowed sugar or flour or butter from your neighbor? Or somebody, oh, yes, mija, bring up some butter. I forgot to get some. You ever borrow something from somebody you need to produce something? Many of us get frustrated because we don't have the proper ingredients. But in the kingdom of God, you just need faith. And he's given everyone the measure of faith. You have what you need to get faith. The problem is we go to the wrong people to get what we need. Here's what happens. We go to people and ask them things, and they give us answers that are totally contrary. Sometimes we end up with fear because somebody else said, I don't know. Man, you don't want to do that. Why step out by faith and you've got it so good and you're comfortable right now? Well, what if God called you to step out by faith? And what if God called you to challenge yourself? And 
what if God called you to a moment in your life where he just simply wants to pour into you? How many of you were called and tested by someone who said, hey, go with me this weekend. Don't worry about church. Don't go to just come with me. I mean, it happens all the time. And we take advice and we open our spirit to someone and we allow, remember who you, be very careful who you open your life up to because you have just given them the right to pour into your spirit. Be very careful who you have pray over you. Be very careful whose advice you're listening to. Be very careful who your ears are attentive to. What your eyes are watching, because whatever you surrender to or whoever you submit to, you're allowing them to pour in you, and you don't know what kind of spirit they've got, or you don't understand who's encouraging you. You don't know, and we open up ourselves to things. I'm going to get a little churchy on you, and you may think I'm being religious, but I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm a friend. I'm trying to help you. Be careful, young people, even to the music that you listen to. Oh, I'm telling you right now. You want to know why? You want to know why? Well, I don't understand that, Pastor Bobby. There's nothing wrong with the music I listen to. Pray in the Spirit for an hour or 30 minutes. Pray in the Spirit for a while. Then put on that music and ask and tell me how long you still felt spiritual or felt the love of God or the peace of God in your life. Holy Ghost is like a dove. It'll take off on you. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. There are alternatives out there. There are things that you can have come into your spirit that are, that are, that are really, really things that the Holy Ghost loves. I'm not telling you not to listen to any other kind of music. I'm not a dictator. I will never follow. Listen, I understand what it's like. We all like to get the edge off. I've said this a number of times here. Every once in a while, I just got to hear a little bit of Journey. <laughs> Chicago. Just to reminisce a little bit, but that's not my main staple of music. Every once in a while, there are some things that bring back memories that are wholesome, that are put a smile on your face, and, oh, that reminds me when I was a kid. I remember my mom and dad used to listen to that. It was, you know, there's some innocent things in your life. But not, you know, I can't even think of a song right now. It's been so long. You know, you, <laughs> if, I, if I quoted a song and tried to sing a song, you would think, oh, my God, how old are you? <laughs> so I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> Fear. And then, the wrong person. And then, you listen to someone. Did I spell that right? Thank you, Denise. Jealousy. Look at them. Mira, they think they're all good and special and everything just because. Oh, pfft, brand new car. Look at her shoes. Pfft, I can wear them better. <laughs> right? Am I too close to home? And really, am I too close to home? I'm almost done. Don't worry. I'm almost done. You can go have your rabbit food in a minute. I'm doing you a favor right now. <laughs> By the way, keep on fasting, folks. Don't give up. Keep on, keep on it. God's going to reward you. It'll also help you discern and have discernment to what you allow come into your faith. Because these things will kill your faith. These things will kill your faith. And I'm going to tell you something. Misery. Loves company. Misery loves company. <laughs> What's wrong? 
it doesn't matter. I'm on my way. Let's cry together. <laughs> right? Get the movie out. I'll bring the popcorn. <laughs> Can't believe he did that to you again. Wait a second, guys. You got my point, right? I'm messing around, but you have my point. You understand what we're trying to say. God's given everyone the measure of faith, but you have to stop letting people pour into your faith. Because the problem is that when we start pouring this stuff out and then we start trying to do something, we don't have the proper ingredients. Because when healing is needed, whenever faith is needed, whenever there is encouragement that's needed, and listen, you can't deliver anybody from something you're still bound by. You want to be used by God, but you're filled up with the wrong stuff, and you don't have the recipe. You don't have what you need. That's why you got to call somebody else and say, hey, I need you to help me with something. I don't have this. Well, hold on a second. Yes, you do have this. God put power inside of you. God put the blood on your life. God's giving you the measure of faith, and you got to determine that you're going to let God be God. And instead of letting people determine what goes on in your life, you got to know that you're going to let God begin to pour into your life. You're going to let the Lord begin to give you some things, and then there's going to be their faith from God, and that's what it takes. It takes faith. This is the faith that God's given you. The measure of faith is a recipient of something that only God can feel. So you want to know how to get stronger faith? You want to know? Allow God to pour into your life. Listen Listen to gospel music. Come to church and hear the word. Set aside some prayer time in your life. Get filled up with God. Allow God to keep on pouring in your life. Talk the right talk. Stop talking about the problems. Start talking about the solution and start letting God begin to work in your life. And the next time, and the next time someone comes up to you and they say to you, I don't know what to do. What you're going to do is you're going to be able to say, you know what? I know what to do because I've had God in my life and I'm going to pour out into you. Because how does that happen? Well, because God begins to fill your life. Now you have something to pour out to somebody else. Now you have something to pour out to somebody else. I don't know. Well, yes, I do know. The Bible says they that water other people themselves also will be watered. They that bless other people themselves will be blessed. They love them as God loved you, and you'll get filled with more love. Why? As you pour out, God pours in. So you have to... Are you ready? Take a picture. This would be a great one for Instagram. <laughs> stay like this. You have to stay like this. You know what Jesus, what, you know what his life really was? Jesus' life was really a life that was poured out. I told my son the other day. I told my son what, last night, the night before? So concerned about our future. And I said, son, don't worry about us. Your mama and I, we've got each other. We've got God. And God's going to take care of us. I said, I said, because, son, I want you to know this. I want you to understand I plan on pouring my life out and going to heaven empty. I plan on pouring my life out. I told God, if I got to become poor so my family becomes rich, then so be it. Jesus became poor so we can all be rich. Somebody has to pour their life out. 
Somebody has to stay in the position. I know it's funny, but in the position of being poured out. I have never seen a funeral being followed, a, 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 a hearse being followed by a U-Haul. I have never seen anybody, anybody take their possessions with them to heaven. I've seen the same size grave. I've done a lot of funerals. I've seen the same size grave for a per, per, poor person as the same as a rich person. I've seen them all six feet down. I've seen them all measured the same width, the same length, and the same height. There is no difference at the end of the road. But what matters is this. Did you keep the faith? Did you have the right heart? Did you pour out into the lives of other people? Don't tell anybody that you can't do it. No, 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 no. The Bible says we've all been given this little cup right here in our life to say, Lord Jesus, I'm coming to you again. I'm not going to my neighbor. I'm not going to my brother. I'm not going to my sister. I'm not going to anybody else. I'm coming to you for some sugar this morning, God. I'm coming to you for some, some, some needs in my life today, dear God. And I want to pour myself out unto you in my life. Does anybody agree with me this Sunday morning? Come on, do you understand that it's God? Come on, Haley. Do you understand that it's God in your life that's going to meet your needs? That's what the disciples were trying to tell being be told by the Lord, listen, I met your needs whenever you had nothing. And so you'll understand and get it in your spirit. I'm the, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't forget that when you have been blessed, I can still do the same thing I did when you had nothing. Are you ready? Remember the faith you had when you had no insurance and you believed God to heal you then? Now that you got insurance, we don't pay for healing anymore. We go straight to the doctor. And I thank God for doctors. They're doing their job. They're called by God. They're assigned there. But I'm telling you something. Don't stop believing God for healing just because you've been blessed. Or don't stop praying for somebody just because you've been blessed. He's the same God before you had your insurance. He's the same God before you had your house. He's the same God before you didn't have your job. You remember when you didn't have a job? Maybe you had a job, but you didn't like it. You remember when God was, was in your life and you believed God for everything, and then God blessed you with a new job, and then somehow along the way, we started living a better life. We started living in a promised land. We lived in a land flowing with milk and honey. Then we forgot about God. Let me tell you something just because your blessings have increased doesn't mean that your faith will increase with you. You've got to make sure that no matter where you're at in your life, no matter how good God's been to you, that you always keep him first because God still wants to bless. God still wants to do something in your life. I remember, I remember, I remember. Come here, Denise. The Lord spoke to me and told me, if you're in church today, to bring you up here. He told me, most of you don't know who this is. Most of you don't know who this is. This is my sister. She knew me when God first saved me. She knew me when God first came into my life, and I love her dearly. And you don't see me talk to her all the time. She comes and she goes, but we still stay connected. We may not talk for weeks, but we can still talk to each other and pray for each other and meet each other. But you remember those days when we didn't have any money and God moved on y'all to give us food for our babies. You remember when God blessed us, what we would do with the food? We'd share with people that didn't have food. You remember that? They used to bless us with bags of sausage and that's why my kids love sausage so much because they grew up on sausage and chicken and things that you would bless us with and the family blessed us with. And then we would take it and we'd have more than enough and then we would take it out and give it to other people because we were grateful. But now I gotta tell you something, God convicted me the other day because we still get freezer, we still get blessings and things come our way. But there came a point I forgot my mentality and the faith. God told me I'm supposed to give out what beyond what I've got and give it to other people. Thank you, Denise. I think most of the time, I think most of the time, 
what happens in our life. We forget where God brought us from and we start living in abundance, but we forget there's other people that have needs and we forget there's other people whose health isn't doing well. And just because we're bad and good in health, we don't pray for other people. Hold on a second. You remember where God brought you from? Keep the faith. You didn't have it back then because God was testing you and training you. So when you do get blessed and you do have it, you never lose the faith. Is there anybody in this room that has faith in God? That you still believe God is a healer. You still believe that God is a provider. You still believe that God is able to deliver. You remember those days? Some of you, some of you were addicted to drugs and addicted to alcohol. And then God saved you and you stopped praying for other people. But let me tell you something. God didn't deliver you from those things just so you can sit in church and be happy. God called you to have a ministry of deliverance in your life so you can pray for other people and tell them how you got set free. That's what God told Peter. When you get back up, strengthen your brothers. Help your brothers. The message today is this. God, renew our faith. I want you to take the measure of faith right now that God has given you. And I want you to, if you've got other things in there right now, pour them out on the ground. God can't use that. My God, God can't use that. I love pecan pie, but if you ever put apple cider vinegar in it, I don't want it. It doesn't belong there. It doesn't belong there. There are some things that don't belong in your faith. Pour them out. Come on, let's ask God. Get rid of it. Repent of it. And then ask God to fill your faith. Fill your faith today. Lift up your hands all over the place. And tell Him, Lord, fill me today. Fill me today. Fill me today. Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray today, dear God, that you would fill our faith today, that you would strengthen us today, that you would, God, strengthen your people, that you would, God, bless your people. There is nothing too hard for you to do. There is nothing impossible. We surrender right now. We surrender right now. We surrender right now. In the name of Jesus. If you're here this Sunday morning and you've never given your life to the Lord, and maybe, maybe your cup and your faith has been filled with fear, selfishness, worry, doubt, anger, bitterness. We want you to surrender your life to the Lord right now. We want you to say, Lord, I'm ready to make that step. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, would you raise your hands really quickly if that's you? Raise your hand if you need to surrender. Raise your hands if you need to surrender. Raise your hand if that's you. Let's just pray that prayer together. Father, in the name of Jesus, just pray with us. Father, forgive me of my sins. Father, forgive me for all that I've done. Lord, I'm tired of making my own recipe. I haven't been able to get it right, God, but I want to do it right today. Lord, I pray today that you, you would fill me up. Lord, be the, be the Lord of my life, Lord Jesus. Fill me with your faith. Fill me with your thanksgiving. And I will live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. And somebody say amen. Amen. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.